3: The Dave Damaschek Football Program, available
4: on iTunes or at davedamaschek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damaschek. Hi and hello, football fans. Welcome to the Dave Damaschek Football Program. I hope all's well wherever you are here in Studio 66. We're not in Studio 66. We're in a separate room. As a matter of fact, the very studio where the Dave Damaschek Football Program launched what about seven years ago? Anywho, we're looking forward to the title games uh, on Sunday. And as a matter of fact, I decided we talked to Willie McGinnis as we've been doing these last few weeks here. And it was such it was such a compelling conversation. I said, listen, if any weekend if, if any weekend demanded. That we do an extra podcast for you. We do it this week. So Willie McGinnis and I kibitzed for a half an hour about the Patriots, the Steelers, the Jags. It's great stuff. You're going to want to tune in for that. And by the way, if you've heard my prediction about the Patriots and uh, the possibility that they might change head coaches or the head coach might decide to change his location, I float that to Willie McGinnis. His response on that is interesting, too. Also, our sideline reporters have been very busy this week. Eddie Spaghetti, our chief sideline reporter, caught up with Brandon Marshall, not the Jets receiver, nay, the Super Bowl champion linebacker from the Denver Broncos. They commiserated about having famous names, but being the less famous pro- uh, version of that famous name. And, of course, Brandon Marshall. I always remember him fondly because I met him 45 minutes before the Super Bowl. Maurice was a gentleman and said, hey, he came Brandon Marshall ran off the sideline. I mean, I ran off the field, I should say, 45 minutes before Super Bowl 50 to say hello to Maurice, and Maurice is a gentleman, so he said, hey, this is my friend Sheck, and I'm shaking hands with Brandon Marshall saying, good luck in the Super Bowl, man. It was very weird and surreal and borderline inappropriate on Brandon Marshall's part. Where was where was his focus? Fortunately, things worked out for him, so the media couldn't take him down after the fact. So anyway, spaghetti with Brandon Marshall. Then sideline reporter savvy catches up with superstar linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, Thomas Davis. Great stuff there. Another slightly. Uh, I don't think we. I don't think we celebrate. Uh, Thomas Davis enough, but uh, alongside Luke Keekly, this has been a long run for two dominant linebackers, and uh, that defense's rise, return to prominence, uh, was a major factor, obviously, in Cam and company getting back to the postseason this year. All right! Enough flapping my gums. It's time for me to flap my gums with Willie McGinnis. At that, let's break down the title game and look back at the divisional round. Here he comes, everybody. Number 55, Willie McGinnis. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, here we go. Of course, back last week we had a grand conversation. Here he is, the legend from USC and the Cleveland Browns and another place, too. I brought you something in celebration of uh, the other team's divisional round victory over the Tennessee Titans. You love those cookies, don't you? It's Willie McGinnis everybody. What's happening?
3: I do. What happened? Something something happened?
4: Nothing happened. You won a game. I was happy for you. We won a
3: game, but we kind of figured we were going to win a game.
4: Oh, I see. Right. I see. That's how it's going to be. Now I take. The well, no, no. Back. Keep
3: this because I, I want to. I want to kind of. This is actually symbolic to the conversation. How so? Because the Pittsburgh Steelers are kind of crumbling apart, and right. usually a cookie. Cut uh, off his microphone,
4: please. I don't. A, a I, I cookie, didn't sign up for this.
3: A cookie crumbles, and the Pittsburgh. Steelers, what's going on in Pittsburghville, man?
4: I, you tell me. I, I mean,
3: mean it, the, the, the offensive coordinator all of a sudden isn't good enough, and, and they're talking about firing Mike T, which I think is a huge mistake.
4: What it, I mean, that's insane talk. But, of course, I think a major aspect of that is in a vacuum you would look at it and say, well, the guy's won double-digit games four years in a row. He won 13 this year. One of the but best I'm,
3: offenses in the league. You guys scored 38 points against one of the best defenses. What's wrong with Haley? What What happened?
4: Listen. I mean, I, I, I hate even, to say it. It doesn't give me any pleasure to say it, but you know as well as I do that Mike Tomlin and other successful teams—forget teams like, you know, whatever—they're the also ran. <laughs> you know who they are. But the teams that are legitimate contenders for the Lombardi are, of course, going to be compared to your guys. So that's that's the measuring stick. And when you don't you're using
3: eat- the word team, I think I've been listening to sports talk all week, and it was like that was the problem. It was more about. Individualism and not team going into this game. Because they are, when they play together and everybody's on the same page, they are one of the most deadliest, one of the best teams in the league. But they just say it wasn't, that wasn't the feel going into this Jacksonville
4: game. It was I, about individualism. I, I, I guess I agree with that. We'll, we'll talk about the Steelers.
3: Yeah, we'll we can, get to them. We I mean, can get to them. We got a lot of time. They're on vacation right let's now.
4: Let's right? talk <laughs> about your guys. So let's talk about the title game weekend. And, and it occurs to me, I'm not the first one to observe, that you have the GOAT in Brady. Okay. And then you have Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, and Nick Foles starting NFC title games if we'll get to who you think's going to win that AFC game but Hilarious. what if the jags win that and then you have a super Possibly. bowl with bum qbs on both sides and I, all right they're not no matter what none of those guys outside of brady is a top 10 quarterback maybe not a top uh, half of the starting quarterbacks in the nfl uh any of those three guys would be described that way if, if they if that if the patriots go down do you suspect here in a copycat league that everybody will sur- suddenly get off of well maybe we don't need a dominant Absolutely QB. Not. Why Absolutely
3: not? Absolutely not. You do need a you do need a, you do, you do need great QB play or adequate uh QB play in this league. And I think um when you look at the Jags, right? That's the anomaly. That's the team who probably had one of the worst quarterback play. But remember, the Denver Broncos won a Super Bowl as of late. Well, that's with, the point with poor quarterback play. But to get there, remember the run that Brock went on, five and two, played really good, and they did just enough. But you got to have the right mixture in the other components. You got to have a great defense. You got to take the ball away. You got to score on defense. You gotta have great special teams and you gotta have a great run game or uh at least a sufficient, you know, running game to get it to third and manageable. Um and I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't clump Case Keenum into I know and, how and, he's and, played. I wouldn't sure. I wouldn't clump him into that. And I wouldn't clump uh Nick Foles because Nick Foles came in for a few weeks and and kept it together. But it was Carson Wentz. It was great quarterback play. That's that absolutely got him to fair. Their the point. Eagles
4: are obviously right. not the number one seed if Nick right. Foles starts in September right. all, all the way through. That's a fair point. As far as that goes, you know, uh, if you really go through piece by piece and you talk about team and the sum being greater than the parts, I mean, that's the story of the right. 21st century New England Patriots. There are some high-end guys, and I'm not saying this because you're seated to my immediate left, but outside of – you, Randy Moss for a little bit. Um, Wes Welker. Well, but Wes, but Wes Welker he, he, describes the Patriots. They're not guys that are these high. You are the anomaly well, with well, the Patriots because well, there aren't high pedigree well, guys well, on that roster Here's the necessary. thing.
3: We said that about Seattle. Remember we, when everybody started talking about their receivers, they called them pedestrian. Well, you have to give guys an opportunity to be, to become superstars, mm. right? Isn't that what happened with Doug Baldwin? They called him pedestrian, he took it personal. Now he's one of the best receivers in the league. I mean, it just doesn't happen when you just put a guy in there. So sometimes it takes time for guys to develop into that. Some guys will, some guys won't. But you got to give guys the opportunity before we start, you know, before they I, become super it,
4: It's funny because I I keep describing this Jacksonville defense what distinguishes them from the Seahawks is that it, the Seahawks and Patriots have a lot in common which is they have a lot of guys undrafted. Uh, I, I Chip, heard the guys with chips on their shoulders. That's it, right? right? But the Jags don't have that. They just believe that we're the best. Look well, at us. We're we're all we are well,
3: all five-star studs. Well, they they they've had an opportunity to draft really high for a number of years. So if you can't acquire like really good talent, then something's wrong in your front office. And they've been able to do that. So you look at their secondary, you look at the guys they got in free agency, I think that plays a part in it too, with Calais Campbell, Marcel Darius, um, uh, Boye bringing guys over to add with the draft picks in the nucleus. you've been And building.
4: Ramsey and Fowler. I mean, they're the, studs. Malik they're Jackson,
3: all but I gave you four guys. Malik Jackson, that's come from somewhere else. Barry Church, that's come from somewhere else. So you got five or six guys on that defense that's – or free agents that come from another place, and you've drafted really well with Ramsey mm-hmm. and and Miles Jack and guy, and Fowler and guys like that. So, with our success in New England, I think with other teams, when you look around the league, you can't do it all through the draft. Else, the Cleveland Browns have the best team in the league, right? Because they draft, For sure. at, they draft number one or top five every single year. Well, forget that.
4: Because the, they're, they're, they are, and no offense to the Browns, but they're also Rams at this point. The Steelers are not. And if you look at the roster and put them side by side, you look at the starting 22. Make your smile at me all you wanna, want, I, McGinnis. I, I I'm want telling you something. What's
3: the point? I, I want to get your, your point about it.
4: It's ultimately
3: a roster. compliment.
4: I'm not waffling anything. No, 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 if your you, roster about the, oh, roster, the roster,
3: Pittsburgh's roster.
4: The, if you look at the starting 22 of the two teams, Steelers and Patriots, okay. how many Patriots piece for piece are better than the Steelers? Gronk?
3: Why? Because they didn't go high in the draft? I, I or are mean, we talking on paper? Because Yeah, they got I, high I, the talent.
4: way these things are typically measured, yeah.
3: Because their best player, the GOAT, you call them, was a the six-round draft pick. So now we can't really measure by how high you went. It's how productive you've been.
4: I guess I'm getting at the difference in coaching is hard to fathom 15 years or however long Belichick's been there, all the success. They're two wins away from another one. And it really is remarkable that he sort of found this – This uh, I don't know what he figured out in New England that has allowed him, with Tom Brady accepted, I mean, early on – you, bruski and then maybe Rodney Harrison, Richard Seymour, and so on. High
3: law, yeah. You, you guys,
4: guys you guys were defensively loaded. I guess I, I I'm coming back around to this thing about maybe I've been duped. I'm one of the millions who got duped that thought <laughs> This quarterback league thing must be valid because look at who keeps winning the Super Bowls. But when you look at it, Brady's early rings are owed at least as much to the defense as they we are to any of the have part offense. in
3: it, but there were some two-minute drives in those games sure. that he got as simple You got to make plays of course You can't hide your in QB pressure, forever. In pressure right. situations when you need to put the game on your back. And we have not seen Blake Bortles do that. We have seen Case Keenum, Case Keenum do that. Uh, Nick Foles had a year, a small, small sample size where he had – some of that, but it hasn't been consistent. So we always compare the great quarterbacks. We saw Ben do that this week. We saw him do it time and time again. And we were just talking about this in our production meeting. He made some of the most ridiculous throws yep, right. in the clutch with some of the best coverage guys, shoulder to shoulder, hip to hip. I mean, he there. there's no other place you could have put some of those balls he threw. And I'm sitting there looking like, this is what – when we talk about great and elite and the game is on the line uh, in the pressure situation, this is what I talk about. Not somebody that can do it for a couple of years and they're out of there or a few games. This is what I'm talking about, against the best. Mm-hmm. So that's why the word great and elite is sometimes overused because I want to see it in those situations.
4: I uh, All of that is is fascinating to hear – from you and your I mean you but that
3: been that's and, why it's
4: sickening I, I think to Steelers fans to look at it and say, all that talent. You have the best, and I don't think there's any debate, anybody who would try to summon a debate at this point about Antonio Brown versus anyone else in the he's league at this point. He's As a, a matter of fact, you, you've been around for a while now. You've seen a fair amount of them. You've seen Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, T.O. Where's A.B. rank right in that group? He'll,
3: he'll definitely be a, a first-round Hall of Famer. He'll well, I know that. Be but let's,
4: let's get, get let's get He's right up about. there
3: in pound for pound. And the reason why I like him – I mean, separate outside of Randy Moss and some of these other guys. Well, Jerry Rice did it, but Antonio Brown runs every single route. He runs the entire route Mm -hmm. tree, but he runs it. He can run it from any position. So he's not just the slot. He's not just the X. He's not just the Z. He can play all of them, and he runs every single route. That's what makes him so special. All the receivers can't do that. Like Chris Carter was a guy that could probably do that. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you you have certain uh, Jerry Rice. Of course, was a guy you could do
4: Keenan that. Allen do Keenan that. Allen can do that. Keenan like,
3: Allen can do that. There's certain guys that can do that. Everybody can't.
4: Randy Moss cannot do that. He is uh, in fact the freak, right. as they. I mean, he's, know, he he's just a great athlete, him. but I
3: don't think he would run. There's like, certain routes he did, he didn't sure. want to run. Right. You know, he didn't want to run.
4: I I, I guess my point is I think it, at at this point, Antonio Brown at worst is the third best wide receiver of the Super Bowl. Well, he
3: still ha- he he still has a long way. To I know run. he does. And I'm not ready like and Megatron is another guy. You know what I mean? A
4: B over Megatron. No, I'm just
3: saying Megatron's another guy because sure. he's so hard to defend because of speed, height, and all those different things. And he ran every route.
4: In spite of that, and the best running back, this team is—I mean, they've gone to a title game together. They're not even going to get to a Super Bowl. You know what it was? You don't even know. Why why do you think?
3: Give me the main reason why they didn't win that game, and I'm going to tell you my main reason.
4: The main reason – boy, that's an interesting question. Just one.
3: Just one thing.
4: I I mean, one thing I will point to. I don't know what your your response is going to be for the overall 60 minutes, but I thought that that was a humongous call by Marone to go for it on fourth and goal from the one-yard line because I figured they'll kick the field goal. Defense.
3: He's looking at his defense. He believes in that defense.
4: But I think that put the Steelers on their heels from the word go. Wow, they're going to – they're gonna press this thing. They're gonna play bold kind of ball today. Uh oh. Well, they didn't come to lose. So when you look at, hey, we're gonna go for
3: three or the touchdown. We 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 we're gonna win this game or we're gonna lose it. We're not gonna. It's not gonna be close. And it, it, it ended up being close. For me, when I watched the game and I watched the game again, I'll probably watch it again because I want to study the Jags a little bit more. Um, it was it came down to situational football, and a lot of that has to do with coaching.
4: Everybody um, – that is what everybody on the banks of the Three Rivers is pointing at right now, I can assure you of attention.
3: that. There, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of calls. There's a lot of situations that I thought the Steelers could have probably um, did a little different. No, we gave them a better opportunity to win that football game. Um, besides the great play, there's some things you can't account for. There's players that go out and make plays. I can give you the blueprint and you can go out and execute it, but the players got to execute it. Executed. But I just think when the game became really close – and the Steelers had a chance to win that game, the situational aspect of it um, didn't live up to expectations, which I thought they could have did a better job. I
4: I mean, I agree with you. Everybody's talking about those two fourth and and ones. I thought in the second half I was certain that they were going to – and I've gotten conditioned to it. You know, people are ignoring the fact that the premise – uh, under which Todd Haley came into the Steelers was turn him into more of a pocket passer. We can't continue to play season after season with him going down for four or six weeks every season and he has gotten the ball out of his hands more quickly yes, he than does. he used to. He is a different quarterback. I compared it uh, earlier to sort of the mid-career transformation of Michael Jordan from this freak athlete uh, attack in the rim every possession to suddenly being this mid-range, mid-range assassin. Roethlisberger has gone from a guy who just keeps Extending the play, you can't tackle him, he can't you tackle. See him?
3: Him. I mean, he's running, he, he's fake flipping, he's he running for the first, and then he's smart enough. He's so he's so talented he's so smart, he knows the game. The lateral it wasn't. What, it was crazy. It was he turned crazy. into a big eight everybody 1985 stopped. QB. Everybody stopped. It was like, oh, that's illegal. No, it's not.
4: <laughs> it was no, crazy. it's not. I know. Even amidst as I'm watching, watching them game, as I'm as I'm watching uh, their fate get sealed, even within that, I thought. That's pretty cool that seven if, can if do If anybody
3: that. thinks Ben is done, then they're crazy. Well, he has a lot now of, they football of football left. He has a lot of football left. I mean, but we, we could talk other
4: stuff. I, I am surprised. Todd Haley, we can debate him. I do think at some point that you have 26 back there. Nothing makes me crazier than in any short-yarded situation. When you have Levy and Bell, that offensive line, and Big Ben who can go play action and, and kill you for doing it, why you would ever take away the threat of that by going into a shotgun formation? Why you don't put him under center with the fullback in front of 26, at least let that threat like exist, how, and like, then go play action? Like how Jacksonville did? Well, they, you know what? The Steelers <laughs> did it on fourth and one in the second half, and they tried to throw it to Juju, and Bouye grabbed uh, right. Juju. It was interference. But anyway, right. it was interference. It was interference. That wasn't. Okay. It was interference. We're not talking about the Steelers. I'm trying to talk to you about some. Talk about
3: some relevant teams.
4: I mean, that goes too far.
3: Well, I'm just saying for this weekend.
4: What scares you about the Jacksonville Jaguars?
3: That they can do pretty much anything on defense with with within a scheme. So if they want to drop seven and just rush four, they're one of the best. If they want to man up across and load the box and bring those blitz zones and bring blitzes, they can do it. If they want to jump in the zone and just sit back, um, their linebackers can match up with the running backs. Now, their linebackers matched up pretty well, but Miles Jack came up with an interception. He played a lot of that coverage at UCLA. Telvin Smith did an excellent job. Man, the wheels,
4: they took away because I kept saying, you got to take take it all away.
3: They didn't take it all the way away because Bell made a great catch. I mean, he bent through a dime. That was one-on-one. I mean, I don't see – the throw, the, throw the throw and the catch. The throw and the catch it's beat crazy. great coverage. It, right. it just didn't matter. But they're able to do so many different things but the, because it's their, of their guys. Their
4: lateral speed, though. I mean, I because I, I thought, well, they're going to have to – you can't let seven play hero and keep – and he did it all day long but throwing the it. deep ball. He, he did. He did what he needed to do. I didn't think he could he do that. I thought they had to keep taking the check downs
3: to 26. But anyway, this is about Jacksonville. You're, so I know. That's so, what we're talking about. So, so how it transfers into New England. They're so fast. I think – If I'm New England, I'm figuring out how can I use their speed against them. How can I use misdirection plays to get them? Because Telvin Smith, once he sees, he's gone. They're flying to the ball. So you got to try to figure out how to use that against them. The other thing is spread them out sideline to sideline. You already know this because you're a Stiller fan. When we came up there and played against those great defenses, we want no parts of those guys in the box. We knew what was coming. Spread them out, take them out of their element, make them do other things. So I think you got to do that. And then you guys showed some some chinks in the armor. You guys showed that with Vance McDonald, you can score points with the tight end. That's
4: where I was just going to go. You can go. move
3: the tight end around. Church and Gibson, if you can get one-on-one matchup with yeah. Gronk, I think that is going to be the key. But here's my big matchup that I'm going to reveal right now, and I'm doing it for the first Ooh. time. Even before total access, if I'm Jacksonville, I am lining up Jalen Ramsey – on Gronk, we that is the matchup. I, I agree. See. Fifty-five. I want to see that. That's the way it ha- it
4: should be. What are you? Uh, if you don't do that, it, it's loco. I mean, who who on the Patriots? Well, they hit? got
3: guys. Miles Jack can cover. You right. got Telvin Smith that can cover. You got two safeties. But did well, you see what guys, McDonald was doing to those safe Yes. Those
4: safeties. Yes. Well, you can't. Right. You cannot. I, I I can't imagine that the Jags intend to try to cover Gronk. Um, especially given what they just – or the evidence they were just given by Vance McDonald. I, I, I you know, And also, practically, the, those linebackers are going to be consumed with uh, trying to figure out – The backs. Right, Deion Lewis, et cetera. They're going to have to worry <laughs> about those guys, but I do, I'm with you. you got to go Ramsey. Or I mean maybe Bouye, but Ramsey no, makes sense. No,
3: Bouye has to go with Cooks. Remember, Bouye, Boye. Right. Boye was locked up with, with with Antonio Brown, so I think they they continue you do? to do that. I, I well, put him you know clubs. better than I, but I'm with I'm you. I'm just saying I want it. to see it. Like I, I would pay to see that. I okay, want to see Doug that
4: Marone, 55, and Damashek. Agree. We're telling you you better do we it. We just want right? to
3: see the matchup. We're not going to say who's going to win. I just want to see the matchup.
4: Do you really believe in your heart of hearts? You know, we've talked about it. Curse is supposed to. the curse is squarely on those Patriots. <laughs> I mean, the Jags, the Jags are, there are a lot of people who live, uh, wait, uh, they live a little east of our state here who do not think the Jags are going to win that game, and they think they're going to lose it by, uh, you know, more than a touchdown. Eight
3: or nine points, something crazy like that.
4: So they have the curse of Spost on them. There's all this noise that we've talked about from you know the national media and beyond. People what they name dropping when they you. Hear the
3: noise? People what in happens, Boston. What but, happens when we hear the noise, though?
4: I that's is is it that simple? I mean, this is the mystique of the Patriots is that you guys don't talk stuff and you is it,
3: it is it that's what that's or, it? Or or is some of this stuff put out there so the attention can be channeled somewhere else out outside of the game? like all we talked about all week was all the noise right and then we go to the game and it wasn't even close i mean is is, is there is there some type of genius into in, into that or, or
4: somebody said this to me and i think it's i think it's a great remark the Steelers are chomping at the bit since that game to talk about. Well, Mike Mitchell shouldn't have been doing this stuff in the pregame, and this guy, this guy was flapping his gums too much and everything else because it allows them to to talk about something other than the fact that they just flat out got physically beaten by the Jaguars.
3: Hey man, two times,
4: twice. Yeah, I know, but it's not. But don't act like I didn't see that this was a possibility. Do you think the Jaguars? Re- realistically, with Blake Bortles with a Super Bowl trip on the line, can actually go into Foxborough and vanquish the dynasty. I think, I think, it, dynasty? Come I think
3: on. it'll be tough. I, you know, I, I think it'll be tough. And and the Patriots, um, they have experience at going against these type of defenses with Seattle in the Super Bowl, with the Giants when uh, Mr. Coughlin, who's upstairs, was there with that type of defense, um with the Denver Broncos a couple of years ago in the AFC Championship, like great cover guys, great mm-hmm. front seven. They have experience. I think they have the game plan. Um, they know what to do. The question is you have to go out and execute it against these these animals <laughs> on defense because that's mm-hmm. what they are. They have no conscience. They're aggressive.
4: It really they is got scary. A chi-
3: they got a chip on their shoulder. They already know nobody's going to pick them probably. They're finding every little thing to get motivated by. They're waiting on the sound bite. They're not going to get it. I think Brady just uh, talked about the defense and Telvin Smith tweeted out, yeah, that's the oldest trick in the book, paying us compliments, trying to build us up. We're not falling for it. So you already know the mentality going in. You already know the mentality. So it'll be, the, it, it'll be a great matchup. It's going to come down to, though, I thought Blake Bortles and Hackett, I think that's his offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, did a great job of designing plays to fit what he is capable of doing. He threw the ball down the field a couple of times. and
4: All well set up by play yeah, action from the first drive on. Well, I'm talking
3: about the long play to Cole yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the other play to Marquise Lee. Now, the play action is what really won them the game, and he was feeding the tight ends and backs. I mean, you throw a, you throw a swing pass to and he goes 40 yards. That can't happen. Not I, when you're that's, I
4: I feel bad to say it, but that's on Willie. Gale. Right. So he took, I don't know what. Willie, well, I'm just Willie saying that's got, si- got that's, situ- that, yes. that's situation right, right, football. Right. Know the
3: situation. Let them catch it. Break up. Make a, make a tackle for five yards. You're off the field. Mm-hmm. Doesn't turn into a 40 yarder. So I think the Patriots defensively, Matt Patricia understands what they'll try and do offensively, and I think their defense is playing pretty well. Nobody's talking about them, but they're playing really well. They've since week five the number one team in the league have not given up points. So. I think this game, though Blake is going to have to mm-hmm. score some points, and I'm not talking about like the play action. I'm talking about he's going to have to make plays in some 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 crucial situations. So we'll see what happens.
4: I agree with that. And one more thing that I just recall from the 2015 uh, AFC title game in Denver. It seemed like that same premise. They put uh, they put Tlaib on Gronk, and they silenced him for I'm most showing of the game. that today
3: until Alexa. Well, don't he, give it all away.
4: Gronk was awesome, obviously, down the stretch. He, he made one of the three or four best catches I've ever seen in he my life. He was doubled on that, on four, that play. On that fourth he was down. double teamed on don't, that play. Don't tell me about any other tight end in history. <laughs> Go watch that play in the clutch. That's that fourth down. Plan. He catches a guys draped on his arms and right. everything. But anyway, for the majority of the game it worked to leave on, on, on Gronk.
3: Gotta have a mixture.
4: And it was all those they all day. Go back and watch that game. The Patriots try to hit the wheel route all day and the and the linebackers just je- Go ahead, Tom. You want to hold on to that ball for an extra? We're going to get to you before you can get but the first. we they were
3: getting there, the front seven. Was... They were
4: getting there. If the Jags can do that, I guess they have a chance. I'm yeah. not, I, I'm they not. do.
3: No, you're right. They, they have a, I'm not going to sit here and say they don't have a chance. I'm not saying that anymore. I'm not saying that about Case Keenum. I'm not saying that about Foles. I'm not saying that about anybody. I actually picked Philly last week. I picked the Saints until this miraculous missed tackle happened. I would have been right. I would have been, except for your game.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I would have been right. on. The, I would have been three and one. Still hurts me that I'm not that I didn't go. That's what hurts. Three and one. At least I didn't go three and one. Well, if I you go think three I and do. one, what, you what, what guys am I win? doing? Well, I got. You I guys, got. You guys would have won if I. I waited fifty
4: one weeks for this rematch, <laughs> and now I don't even get it. How do you think I feel? You're belly aching about your your uh, divisional round picks record. <laughs> Let me ask you something. You mentioned Matt Patricia. We talked about this a week ago. On a human level, you said what's well, a business? Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia—they're moving on, but all right, they know they—they they have a task at hand. They're going to focus in their pros, right? But though yeah, I mean, listen—if I knew I were going to another job and it wasn't in L.A., it was in Chicago, let's say, I would on some at some point I'd be like, "Wow, well, we better figure out where we're going to live. We got to what, what, what? Should we buy a house up there? What's the market like? Should we check that out?" And by the way, who's our quarter? There, there's no way that they're thinking that they're spending some time thinking about, like, wonder how Andrew Luck's going to be. Is he going to be healthy for me, or do I need to work around Jacoby Brissett? Aren't think, they thinking that on some level? I think
3: those are great things to have to worry about. If you get an opportunity to be a head coach in this league because you've worked under a system that's been successful for over a decade and you've had a lot of success, um, I think as an offensive coordinator, the first thing you want to look at is, what am I working with? You know, Kyle Shanahan went to San Francisco, and he was like, wow, what, what do I have to work with? This is a total rebuild. And then a gift was handed to him, right? So, And then they started winning games. So now he was like, okay, I can work around certain things. If I'm Josh and, and if he possibly takes the Indy job, you're looking at it like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. I get to work with Andrew Luck and build around him. And he's had multiple offensive coordinators that still haven't found out how to get this offense going? Mm-hmm. You know it worked. You know the pep. You know some of the stuff worked in college, but it it, it didn't work in the NFL. So now they got to figure out how to put an efficient offense around him and protect him so he's not injured.
4: Look at you! You just did three minutes on that. You're not trying to prepare for the well, Jaguars it's simultaneously. It's simple.
3: And then if you Matt Patricia, you're looking at like who expected him to get a head Let coaching job something. or being it for a head coaching job this year? Let me so tell you something. His thing is going to be hey. If I go to the place where I think he's going, I already got a quarterback. I know. I already got receivers. I got to make sure this defense is right. I got to build a run game around that to take some of the pressure off of him. And we're going to be all right. Cause we we've, we've got talent, we've oh, got built-in talent already.
4: They're running back away, and they may, uh, you know build up the offensive line a little bit. But yes, Patricia. But here's the thing: so we know he's in good with Bob Quinn. Up there, uh, there's a long-time relationship there. Right. And as Bucky Brooks always likes to remind us, people ignore fans from a distance tend to ignore the fact that there's a human element. Josh McDaniels makes sense with Chris Ballard. They've been uh, they've been kibitzing. It makes sense. Andrew Luck, you you're a QB guy like Josh McDaniels. We're with Andrew Luck and or Jacoby Brissett, who you have a relationship with. That makes sense. What doesn't make sense to me, Willie? And I'm going to say it to you now. Okay. Let me just – that's my hypothesis. It's <laughs> reckless speculation. That's what I do. You know me. You, have, you get reckless. You get reckless. We have people here who go and they have sources and stuff like that. That's not my way. I go with my gut, Willie. Okay. Matt Patricia, he's been offered jobs. Hey, why don't you come be our head coach? Oh, I, I'm busy. You know, Josh McDaniels, oh, let me. It's, the time's not right. They're both gone. They they've been gone for three, four weeks now. Why would they both be willing to just walk away from the dynasty? I'll tell you
3: why. Okay, this is interesting because I kind of know why, but I want I want you to
4: tell me. Because Bill Belichick is going to be the head coach of the New York Giants next year.
3: Not Pat Shermer.
4: Not Pat Shermer. What sense does that? Is that make?
3: just is that just small? Is that just New small York? Kinda... He's going to
4: go to Manhattan. Pat Shermer. Like we just saw is Ben this, McAdoo. They he, need is they, this they need the profile. We need someone who can hold the room. He You're in Manhattan. The profile. He fits the profile. Shermer does. Yeah, he does. Fine. He can fit but whatever we don't profile know. he wants. What we do don't I don't care? know. I, also, Ben
3: McAdoo for, in football terms. Ben McAdoo is the offensive coordinator. He should have stayed an offensive coordinator. Like, to be a head coach is not for everybody. Especially in the not biggest. Not for everybody.
4: Obviously. And especially not in the biggest market in America. And dealing with those personalities. You That's what I'm telling you. you know, Pat Shermer's the guy to do that? No. Hey, we'll let me, see. Let me just tell you what. Don't Will see me. I'm, I'm listening. Da- I'm listening. All right. Now you heard it. I'm done. Can I, a,
3: can I say this? Period. Can I say my, this that's about, the end of my can statement. I give, can, can I give you my hypothesis about it?
4: Period. Yes.
3: I think that when these coaches went to interview in the past, well, Josh more so than Matt, um, d- it didn't work out in Denver. Some things happened. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out. Learning experience. You come back. And now when you go out and you interview – with these different teams, the one thing you want to see is can I build a system and create a system like the system I've been in Mm -hmm. in New England? Are they going to allow me uh, the resources? Are they going to allow me the freedom to be over football operations to work and pretty much go in and do the things I need to do inside it? A head coach is just not a guy that calls plays. A great head coach is somebody who can run an entire operation and – can put people in place to run an operation from top to bottom. The color of the grass. What is the wind? What are we eating? The personalities. What systems are we running? Like it's it's a lot. I completely I've been, agree. I've been There's are learning so, this. We've so, seen a
4: lot of coordinators who right. just can't elevate because you got to be the man. You got to be. be you got to be the. It, it you transcends your
3: ability to x and o. Got to have that control. Right. Or you got to have a GM hand in hand, like you know, in Seattle, you know, with Pete and Snyder and those guys. They. We're on the same page with everything. So I think Josh and Matt has been waiting for some some of those opportunities to happen. You mentioned a relationship in Detroit. It makes sense. You mentioned a relationship in Indianapolis. It makes sense. We're on the same page. You're going to allow me to do it, and we know here already the level of what we need to do and how we need to do it. Certain GMs and certain certain owners aren't on the same page. They don't want to spend as much money. They don't want to. They don't want to get rid of certain players. Mm-hmm. They don't. There's a lot of things that when they go out and interview, they ask these questions to the owners, and they come back like, "Nah, not for me. I'm good." So All there's right. a lot that goes into that.
4: Okay. Not just I just. Feel about, that I just I'm worried to about Giants. Tom Brady. You know, he's going to be lonely next year.
3: That's They've got somebody in the. Where'd wings.
4: Where'd everybody go? They've Where'd... got
3: somebody in the wings.
4: Nick Saban. No. It's not Nick Saban.
3: Why would the, why why would he leave? Why would the king leave college?
4: I don't know why people do what they do because they have egos. I don't care. I would be if I were Nick Saban. I'd be like, I'll be the king of Alabama for the next uh, the king
3: of, three decades, and that'll be that. One more win. One more win. He passes Bear Bryant. He's tied with him now. Why would you leave? You have everything you could ever possibly want. I don't listen. Control highest paid, best players. I don't know. People are – I'm not
4: the one who always says, oh, those college coaches, once they're successful, they want to see that they can do it on the highest level. I don't know if that's what Nick Saban was. I don't know. Maybe Gronk could be the next head coach. I don't know. I think he's the – He could take – maybe he could be the new OC at least. No. All right. All right. (laughs) You've heard my hypothesis. We'll see how that goes. Um – all right. Before we let Willie go, any other important questions? You're taking. Okay, so you're taking the Patriots. We assume that.
3: I'm taking the Jags first half, and I'm taking. Oh, somebody, I
4: thought that.
5: The I he saw was somebody just done head there.
3: raise up back there.
4: <laughs> if he took the Jags, I take
3: the Jags first half, and I'm taking the Patriots in the second. A half. rally from twelve. Yeah, I'm taking the Patriots. All right, and then who half. wins in Philly? I'm taking. I'm taking Philly, the underdog at home. Yes, the underdog at home. I'm
4: if it goes Philly. that way, the football gods, you will not be able to debate. Love, I don't know what Belichick and 2004 Brady.
3: 2004 rematch.
4: I know what happened. That should have been the Steelers. That would, have been, <laughs> that would have been great. America would have loved that game. How do we keep getting back to the Steelers? I don't know what happened there. That was weird how that happened. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah, Emma VP really did want me to ask you this. And I said, I don't think that's a good question for Willie, but she okay. really did want me to ask. Emma, do you want to ask it? No, Emma. Please go Emma. ahead. Just ask him what you wanted him to, what you wanted to know from Willie. Come on, Emma. I don't know what you're talking about. You said uh, ask Willie if he thinks it's weird uh, if he's the only guy, grown man that he can think of that could get away with being called Willie.
3: <laughs> no, it's Willie Willie.
4: <laughs> That's way better. Gotcha.
3: Willie Willie. <laughs>
4: Are you glad you got the answer to your question, MVP? thank you for doing that.
3: Emma, I know you run the show over here, so yeah. whatever you call me, I'm fine with.
4: Thanks, Willie. I appreciate <laughs> it. You got it. There he is, the great Willie McGinnis. Have a good time with your friend Maurice up there. He's going to be up there.
3: Yeah, and he's picking the Jags. He's been right. He's I, been picking the Jags. He's been right. You, you know what? His
4: Somebody suggested, the DDFP listeners suggested he start going by uh, Maurice Jones New because <laughs> he knew – in Foxborough, that the Chiefs were going to win that game. He's been right a lot this year. Yeah, he's been lucky. He too. also had his sons, his uh, his uh, little boys, throw snowballs at Steelers fans last week at Heinz Field. So beware, Willie. Wow. Watch your back, It There man. won't be
3: any snow. It'll be a high of 45, I think.
4: Is that true? Yeah,
3: it's going to be nice. It's going to be 51 at the Philly game. It's nice weather on the East Coast. I
4: don't care for that. I like it when it's nice and cold out there. But it all right. Did, it didn't matter. The great – <laughs> yeah, I'm not a, like you know. I bring you a cookie, and and instead I get a bitter pill. That's what I get in return. Nevertheless, all the best. Have a great time with your uh, with your pals up there. See also about it's also. I still think it's weird that in the Hall of Fame are the Patriots, like the Revolutionary soldiers. That's who you're representing, and yet you wear the jacket. You get is a red coat. Isn't that weird? No, you fought the redcoats. The flying
3: Elvis is our mascot, not the. I know,
4: but you get that red coat. Well, it's all part
3: to. of the Patriots. You got it. That's whole the theme, other thing. As the whole entire theme.
4: As soon as Brady retires, you agree we go back to the Pat Patriot look, right? I love the Pat Patriot. That's Patriot the way look. to go. That's the way to go. All right, we agree on a lot. We go, agree on Ramsey on Gronk, and Pat Patriot. And I don't know. We're also both bummed about the Steelers not uh, being up in Foxborough this week. I have a good time up there, McGinnis. Let's move along. Oh, I, I'll tell you, I feel, I feel more than ever now that my hypothesis about uh, Belichick and the Patriots part in ways is true. All right, maybe not the Nick Saban part, but Giants, Belichick, it's interesting. Let's uh, see how that plays itself out. Meantime, let's get to it. Uh, Eddie Spaghetti here with linebacker of the Denver Broncos and a swell fella, too. Brandon Marshall. All
5: right, sideline spaghetti here with Broncos Super Bowl winning linebacker, Brandon Marshall. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right, so uh, me and you have something in common. My name is Eddie Murphy. Your name is Brandon Marshall. Now, everyone seems to know Brandon Marshall, the receiver, and Eddie Murphy, the actor, comedian. But it's like, where's the love for us? Right, absolutely. I mean, you know. I get
1: mixed with school for that guy every almost every day of my life, honestly. Yeah, and it's quite upsetting.
5: Yeah, especially because you know you won a Super Bowl. I don't think Brandon Marshall, the receiver. No offense to him, I don't think he has a ring. You have the ring, and it's like Eddie Murphy. You know, you're in movies. Wow, like I'm I'm doing silent reports here. So I think like we kind of probably win this one. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, you know, I don't I don't see why they get you mixed up with him because obviously you know you have more accolades. And...
5: Thank you. Yeah, I, yeah. So speaking of the Super Bowl, it's coming up in a few weeks here. Um, and like I said, you won one. If you had to give one piece of advice to somebody, maybe a younger player, somebody who's not been here, no, no, no advice for the Patriots, but like right. somebody who's on an up-and-coming team, what's like the one important thing you'd say, not even during the game, but leading up to Super Bowl?
1: Man, I, I mean, I've been to two Super Bowls. Right. The, the first Super Bowl uh, is, was in New York. Yeah. And leading up to the game, we were just excited to be in New York. It's my first time going to New York. We were sightseeing. We wasn't. I wasn't saying we were not focused, but you know it was a, a little lower focused than we were to San Francisco. So you got to focus leading up to the game. You know, stay in your playbook. Stay tuned because
5: uh, when the game comes, man, I mean, it goes fast. Uh, so I'm I'm from New York. What what sights did you guys uh, see? What tell me, what was the best part about the Super Bowl? Because like people don't know the the Super Bowl in New York. Yes, it's New York, but it, the game's in East Rutherford, New Jersey. So, but you guys were over in Manhattan.
1: I mean we we stayed in Jersey City. So then you know we just took the you know we drove over you know on on the bridge whatever but you know the first two nights we didn't have curfew. So you know you know uh you know we went to uh some uh you know uh we went to go see some shows, you know uh exotic dancer type shows. And uh you know that was fun. You know I think that was a a great part of New York that we uh, experienced.
5: It's definitely a great city. Uh but you when you're from Vegas, though, right? Yeah, I'm from Las Vegas. Oh, sorry. right. You're hanging out in New York City. You got you got that city like the, the back of your hand. I'm sure Vegas, you know, pretty well. Uh the NFL is coming to Vegas. The Las Vegas soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Are you excited to play there or are you more excited to have the opposing, you know, see how these other players from the other teams come in and have like the Vegas flu? Uh,
1: <laughs> you know, I'm excited to play there. You know, I mean, I think almost every player goes to Vegas in off season. But it's different living there, you know, when you can, you have access to the Strip every day. So I'm interested to see interested to see how they're going to handle that. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I definitely can't wait to play in front of the, the home crowd.
5: What's your favorite thing to do in Vegas? If somebody who lives there, I want to see if the answer is different than people like myself who have to visit there.
1: Oh, uh, man, it's my favorite thing to do, to hang out with my family, really. You know, I hang out with my family a lot, my friends. Um, there's a lot of stuff to do in Vegas, definitely. You, know, um, you know. But I, I'm
5: going to go with my family. That's a a good, nice, safe answer. All right, so I'll wrap it up here with this. I gotta talk about your Broncos. Uh, there's two very, very good defenses in these playoffs right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Minnesota Vikings. When you guys won the Broncos, uh, you guys had what people call one of the best defenses of this generation. Which defense do you think is similar to yours? Not calling them better, but which one is similar to yours or in style of play or or do you think like, hey, like our defense carried us to the to the the Lombardi trophy? Which of those teams do you think has a defense that could do that?
1: Oh, uh, man, um, honestly, I think Jacksonville. I think their defense was very similar to ours in uh, 2015. You know, the, we had two special corners, actually three special corners, and they have three really good corners. We had edge rushers. We, we got to the ball. We had linebackers. We had safety. So, I'll go with the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars, and they could definitely carry them
5: to the Super Bowl. I have to agree with him. This is the one and only Brandon Marshall. Team.
4: Well done, Spaghetti. You asked the hard-hitting questions. And you also uh, told Brandon Marshall all about uh, your life story, which I think uh, he was uh, fascinated with as well, if, if I was hearing things correctly. Now, here comes sideline savvy catching up with Carolina Panthers linebacker Thomas Davis. Take it away, savvy.
3: Dave. Dude, don't, don't, don't Dave.
2: All right, guys. Sideline Savvy here with Thomas Davis, linebacker for the Carolina Panthers. Thomas, we have something very in, um, important in common, and that's that we both went to the University of Georgia. So how are you feeling after Monday night?
6: A little hurt, a little hurt, but, you know, I'm excited about what the program is.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I'm getting over it day by day, but do you have any recommendations of, you know, how do, how do you get over stuff like this? You know, with your Super Bowl loss, I know you, you, you're – in tune with this
6: i think one of the things you do you reflect back on the magical season that they had and you go and you look at some of the recruits that we're bringing in and you know that just recreates that excitement all over again
2: yeah and you know being from atlanta i don't want to keep you down too much so the falcons still have a chance to win the super bowl so you know that's that's exciting
6: i knew you were about to say that um but i'm not very excited about that you know hats off to the falcons but i'm no longer a fan of them
2: oh bummer hate to hear that well you know coming from that there was cam newton he's an impressive player on the field do you think he's on on track for hall of fame
6: i absolutely think that by the time it's said and done that cam newton will be a hall of fame player
2: yeah and you know you guys have also had an incredible season and dealing with that that loss on on sunday but um you know, there was a big play—the uh, intentional grounding. Do you think that he was that Cam was out of the pocket?
6: Absolutely, it was out of the pocket. There's no way, as a referee, that you can make that call in that situation, with you know what was at stake, with the game being on the line, um, for them to make that call. I think it was—it was definitely a horrible call.
2: Yeah, you know that was a huge game-changing play. But um, now, to get to the real facts, do you think Luke Keekley or Cam Newton is more handsome?
6: I plead the fifth on that. I'm not answering that question.
2: No, you got You have an answer. Come on. You, no, you know. You know. You
6: know what? The answer is me.
2: You. Yeah. Wow. Can't you tell? And you know that is a really hot take, but. No, I. You know what? Hey, Thomas Davis more handsome than Luke Keekley and Cam Newton. Go what dogs. you got to say about that? Go dogs. Go, dogs. Go dogs. All right. Now next we've got the Panthers in an overhaul right now. you're you got a lot going on how what do we think how are we feeling about that
6: you know sometimes change can be good you know I feel like you know coach Shuler he did a really good job for us and coach Wilkes he did a tremendous job you know Wilkes is up for a few head coaching jobs and you know hopefully for him being the man that he is he will get one of those jobs and you know we have a bunch of coaches waiting in the wing you know from a defensive coordinator standpoint I feel like Our linebacker, Coach Al Holcomb, is a great candidate for that job. And, you know, hopefully, if Coach Wilkes gets that job, he's going to get that one. Um, But we've hired North Turner. You know, the guy's been really good in the league for a very long time. And I think he's going to be good for us as well.
2: All right. So exciting times. You got the support all over. No hurt feelings to Wilkes. You want to see him um, succeed.
6: Absolutely. I want to see Coach Wilkes do well. Just as um, Coach McDermott left us last year to become a head coach, and he did well, got the Bills to the playoffs for the first time since the 90s. And, um, expecting nothing but good things from both of those guys moving forward.
2: Yeah, and I you know, I think relating back to the University of Georgia, they had quite the overhaul a couple of years ago and we see where that got them in in just two seasons. So maybe the same for the Panthers, but hopefully not too good as a Falcons rep in the Falcons. Ouch. <laughs> All right, Dave, I think that silence sends it back to you.
4: Dave, damn Well, that's that. Our uh, midweek title game special edition of the DDFP now in the books. We'll have another one for you. The Red Challenge Flag segment, picking those two title games, along with Matt Money Smith, Handsome Hank Hodgson, Cindy Freeland, the rest of the crew will be along later in the week for you. In the meantime, hope you're getting mentally right, you know, spiritually right. I don't know however else we want to get right for the title games. Talk to you in a couple days with our final picks before these title games. Until then, it's been a big slice of heaven.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want,